Welcome everyone to Floor 46 of Corporate Courtney and I am your host Courtney Johnson. Thank you guys for joining me this week. I took a little hiatus for Thanksgiving but wanted to continue part of the conversation or topic that was on Floor 45 about acting white. And please bear with me, I am struggling through a head cold. Um, Pinky promise it's not COVID, nor could you get it through a podcast. So, you know, your fears are assaged. But um, yeah, just the post-holiday crud, a lot of people to have it. My body didn't want to go back to work, and so it's shutting down a little bit. But the show will go on. Um... So as I was doing this discussion, I really appreciated some of the feedback that you guys had about, you know, my my willingness to be vulnerable and transparent here. And I want to say that I'm not the first person to want to talk about this or to try and be transparent. I was reminded that when former First Lady Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, came out, she touches upon a very similar situation where you know, her her ability of code switching, I mean, she doesn't call it that, but her ability to do so is what she found to be a feature of who she was growing up. Um, she went to predominantly white schools, but was often questioned by, you know, friends and family of why does she talk like a white girl? And <laughs> it reminded me a kind of having to do that balance and duality of going to school and speaking and acting one way and then when you'd go back to like places like church where it's predominantly black for me and those girls trying to figure out why you were speaking so differently and for them not to feel judged by that action you know with that behavior Are you trying to act like or sound like you're better than someone else because you've got this this different cadence and this different tone? And so not only for white people do we tend to need to code switch, but for black people, I thought I needed to code switch again as well. And to hear, you know, the first former first lady say something of the same sort was comforting to me you know I I was able to see myself and see my experience in someone else in a higher position or or at least an influential position in my head but what I also thought about after reading that is how it doesn't help you to be in any higher position or space and to not be questioned about that um as former president Barack Obama was running there were a lot of questions about his authenticity you know was the way he spoke and the way the cadence that he was going about it you know authentic and so there was a question about transparency and 
for a lot of you who have been in corporate America for the last few years, transparency and authenticity has been a real buzzword around how do you become a better leader and a better manager or even just an employee. So that question really is tough for a lot of people who are constantly wearing a mask in corporate America and is a little bit controversial around what you're supposed to do in that instance is. You know, I've heard a lot of conversations and a lot of people who who typically believe that, you know, there is no need to code switch and that assimilation isn't necessary to succeed. And that would be wonderful in some sort of utopian way. And I get it. Be the change you want to see. So if that's really what drives you, please continue to do so. This isn't me judging. But in my oh-so-humble opinion, I think it's very hard to dismantle a system that was never meant for you. And so by forcing your otherness in other people's faces will only alienate you. You know, it's often cloaked not just in corporate America, but just in the way of life in some of these predominantly white countries where professionalism or just even the grammar and and language that is used, you know, American Standard English is not the same as English, but for some reason we're taught that the bastardized version of English is still even more superior than what others do in their culture and from where they they understand and learn. You know, acting white doesn't actually come from black people. You know, you, you typically hear your black counterpart saying that you're acting white, but it actually comes from white people. It was a way to try and minimize what activities in black people were doing to fit into this culture you know they want to hold you to this higher standard but they don't want you to think that you're any better than them so to make sure that you weren't trying to get too uppity or too bougie for them there was that term you know you're trying to act white who do you think you are and that only got picked up throughout other places and so anytime you're trying to assimilate and fit in that attack comes but there's definitely this idea that Anyone, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, needs to do certain things to fit in in certain places. And they cloak it as professionalism, you know. Don't come with, you know, baggy clothes. Don't come in, you know, open-toed shoes. There's all these rules and these minor aggressions where you're thinking, you know, this isn't that big of a deal and it's not pointed to race. But those rules are to continue to keep others and behaviors away from things and they'll argue that it can be distracting in a place but if where you come from those things are the norm and it doesn't distract why isn't that the same case in these settings you know a few years ago I think it was in Washington DC that they were talking about teaching AAVE in um classrooms and for those of you who don't know what that is african-american vernacular english and many scholars within the black community themselves just 
because we're not some monolithic group that has one opinion, but a lot of people were arguing against this idea that, you know, that they would include that in some of the education so that, you know, some of this would make more sense to the students that were learning it or weren't used to the American Standard of English. And a lot of people argued that adding that or, or sharing that it's okay to speak in this way was actually doing them a great disservice because, you know, they needed to really get the syntax and the grammar of American Standard English to be well. And one of the interesting things, I completely disagreed with that argument when I was first trying to understand, you know, the conversation around it. But one of the things that really hit home for me and I had never thought about it is that that means that there's another version of black people having to be twice as good. We're having to learn this, you know, bio-dialectism based on what we're used to plus what everyone else deems is what we're supposed to be doing. And regardless of whether it's taught or whether, you know, we, we accept it in certain classrooms, there's eventually this threshold where it won't be okay. And we will eventually lead into this situation and the scenario where we're switching off. And it's really quite unfortunate because there is a cost to code switching. I know I talked about it from a personal level around, you know, not ever feeling like I fit in or, or, or being othered in every situation or scenario or never really truly identifying who I thought I truly was at the core of it. But in general, there, there are studies that kind of talk about, you know, the different cost of, you know, these shifting identities and, and what that does to you and whether that's, you know, whether you're sitting and trying to be the model black citizen or you get into a frozen effect or, you know, you're imagining this interpersonal rejection, you know, there are things that you lose at the sake of fitting in and assimilating in such a way. And as often, I mean, we're in corporate America at a minimum of 40 hours a week. So that's a lot of your life where you're having to confront and dismantle stereotypes and and defend whole cultures while trying to work. But as much as I feel like there's this othered way of being in the black community, it's still worse in the white communities as well. And even if you think you get good at it, you're never as good, you know? Whiteness is essentially just baked into the essence that is America and corporate America. You know, these institutions are are nothing but it. So when you're when you're trying to code switch, you know, it's rarely a thing that, you know, your white counterparts have to go through or can do because they're the majority. And for us when we're code switching, we're just trying our hardest to find ways to fit in. You know, how do we view the world the way the majority views the world you know I've talked about the way that you know I'll have to second guess whether I feel comfortable enough wearing my real hair in an interview or do I think that I need to go find some way to make it suitable in the eyes of white people if I'm doing an interview and as often as I'm having to weigh that scenario and situation in my head and and make sure that I'm trying to be 
as authentic as I can as myself, that self-censorship has come with a cost, right? And if I don't, what am I going to have to pay for it later? You know, they still have people and children in schools who are being told they have to cut their locks before they can wrestle. Or they're being told that their cornrows are not, you know, a part of the dress code and therefore they need to take them off or they'll be expelled or suspended. And living in a predominantly black area like Atlanta, I've forgotten sometimes that there are people and institutions and rules that are in place that don't allow me to question whether I want to be able to wear my hair a certain way. That there are still these rules that keep you away and other and force you back into that place of self-censorship and and code switching. And so we may think, you know, we're doing so much better and we're we're moving along and we're we're setting the standards and we can dismantle this idea and these programs, but you also have to step outside of your own reality and your own environment sometimes where you've gotten comfortable with rocking the boat and realize that sometimes and in some places it's very dangerous not to. I recently was in a meeting and, you know, before meetings actually kick off, there's all this banter about how your day is going and how you feel. And I specifically chose to be quiet during that meeting because I wasn't feeling great. We had just watched Kyle Rittenhouse get off from murdering, yes, murdering three people for protesting and because even them being white, because they were protesting black issues, they weren't seen as important enough to prosecute their murders. So it weighed heavy on me and not surprising, but still disappointing. But as I heard others just, you know, chit-chatting and joking about, you know, how, how it felt or how the day was or whether the weather was gloomy, I just thought, how nice it must be for that not to be a major part of your day, right? To move past it, to not want to talk about it. And I personally didn't want to talk about it because it's always ugly and political and that's so unfortunate, but I don't have the luxury of it not being a major part of my day as much as the fact that the sun was behind the clouds. And in most cases people would expect me to be able to do so. You know, the the model black citizen would be able to push that down and joke about the weather and, you know, technology being slow or my WebEx being out. And in a lot of cases, I've seen where it comes up on performance reviews that you aren't participating as well or you're not being a team player, you're not being part of the family. And it's like, because some of the things that, weigh heavily on one group aren't ignored you know sometimes what I would think of as American issues are not American issues but that again all comes into this code switch and this this portrayal of what we're supposed to be as the ideal worker and employee in a system and it's hard you know black men typically have to change their tone or try not to be as serious or abrupt so that they don't come off as aggressive and that code switching is a part of it and it's one that i i don't necessarily align with myself because 
I'm a woman and I don't know what that's like, but I do know what it's like to come off as harsh and cold and abrupt when I'm just trying to focus and be serious. And that part of me also has to play up. I have to sound sweeter in meetings when I'm trying or thinking about it or, you know, give a giggle here or there or or put fancy words. And so there's all of these different ways and things that you're having to try and think about and your betrayal and your behavior when you're working as opposed to just doing the work. And people don't quite always see that as code switching, but it is. It's a way of survival and a system um, that we can't always see. So I say all that to say, even if you are good at code switching, even if you have been doing it for quite some times, it doesn't protect you from being othered. And for the most part, I don't think it would happen if there weren't repercussions of bringing your culture um, or your social economic or whatever status into these majority places. If we were able to just kind of accept people as they were, this wouldn't happen, but we don't really create these spaces to allow that kind of diversity. And we talk about it and at least gets brought up, but it doesn't change. And no matter how good or how hard you think you're doing it, it doesn't change the fact that you're different in other people's eyes. And so this issue and this portion will continue to be a problem. We just have to hope that eventually, one day, these conversations and these topics are heard in the right spaces and it can be a forethought around the behaviors and the way that we see people. And that's all I've got for you this week. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your feedback. Um, I really did appreciate you guys um, reaching out and talking about how either one, you you understood and felt this on a personal level, um, or that you were just thankful for the transparency. Um, and it is not a luxury to give that out. You know, it is, it is very difficult um, in some places, but I do thank people for um, realizing it, and I'm glad that I was able to share it with you guys. Um, if you have similar situations or fin- our scenarios that you want to share, please send them to me at the corporate Courtney podcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore corporate court. And until next time, toos. Courtney, it's Courtney, it's Courtney.